Listener Production. G'day. Thanks, Legends, for joining me for episode 89 of the Howie Games, Sally Fitzgibbon's Prelude, The Impact of Corona. Now, before we get to it, I'm about to throw to someone I never thought I would be introducing on the Howie Games, the Queen. Yeah, the Queen, as in the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II. It's not like I teed her up over Zoom and had a chat with her, but I heard her speak the other night to Britain. I saw a little bit of it on the news, and her message absolutely struck me. It was so heartfelt and so positive, and I was really taken by the strength of her leadership in what are some really, really challenging times. So well done to the Queen, and if you missed it, here's a bit of what the Queen had to say. Together we are tackling this disease. And I want to reassure you that if we remain united and resolute, then we will overcome it. I hope in the years to come, everyone will be able to take pride in how they responded to this challenge. And those who come after us will say the Britons of this generation were as strong as any, that the attributes of self-discipline, of quiet, good-humoured resolve, and of fellow feeling still characterise this country. The pride in who we are is not a part of our past. It defines our present and our future. While we have faced challenges before, this one is different. This time we join with all nations across the globe in a common endeavor, using the great advances of science and our instinctive compassion to heal. We will succeed And that success will belong to every one of us. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. But for now, I send my thanks and warmest good wishes to you all. Wow, that is serious leadership. I hope it gave you a lift like it did me. Alrighty, Sally Fitzgibbons comes to you from her home just south of Sydney on the coast. Now, Sal's full story is in the normal part A and B episodes of the show, including why she simply had to be exactly episode 89 of the show. For anyone that knows or follows Sal, you won't be surprised to hear that she is tackling life in isolation with positivity and a smile. Now, before we get to the podcast and your life, you're sitting uh, up at your place at the moment, south of Sydney on the New South Wales coast. The world, Sal, in the last month, six weeks has gone absolutely crazy. What effect has this had personally on your life for a start before we talk about your profession? I feel as though when that news filtered in, right, so you're at your normal training session, you've packed the car, you spend two weeks packing the car um, for the next leg of events that goes throughout three months and you're not even attuned to the fact that this is possible in this day and age that the world can pause. Well, you can't with a, I guess with our normal schedule, we just go to the airport and we fly away and we do all these things that we've taken for granted and just have freedom and access to do as we please, come as we go. And then all of a sudden it just stops and I just think to myself, like, kind of wow. The first week I was um, a little bit of scrambled eggs. I was just going, well, where does that lead? And as an athlete, you kind of have those goalposts that you keep moving around um, metaphorically in your head, like, yeah, I'm aiming for this, I'm heading for here, this is what this training means. And then all of a sudden there's something bigger than you, bigger than your craft, bigger than a trophy, bigger than um, a trick you're working on or frustration. So 
uh, I, I believe it's just um, a wave that came along and now we're all on it together. It doesn't matter what craft you do, what job, you got kids, you don't have kids. It's, we're just all riding the wave and I just don't know where it leads. No, no, I think that's some people that can be liberating. Other people start to freak out about it. How are you going about your training, your physical training? Obviously, a couple of days ago, I noticed on the news, I was like, right, fishing, can't go fishing. Surfing, can still go surfing. So you can still surf. So has it affected your training much? Obviously, it's it's in isolation and you're doing everything in a solitary way, so. I feel as though after 15 years, Howie, of kind of having that constant pace, I didn't really realise how fast it was to be mm. on tour. So to come back to the south coast where I live has about... 300 people on our headland uh, and it swells in the summer maybe <laughs> it's it's so quiet and sleepy I can within walking distance I have waves I have a little rocky gym set up I've got over the years like 20 years of doing this thing I've sort of built up all the tools I need to be so self-sufficient I, I don't need to jump in a car unless you know you know you still got to get your food and your necessities but in terms of my training, I, I have a, a pool right here for my pool recovery, pool sessions. I got hills to run on. I got bikes. I got this. I got that. I've got a board shed. And so in a sense, I can really sustain myself in terms of training and, and imagination and the way I it's, – it's really no different in a sense, but it's so different emotionally that you're not gearing up. I didn't realize I was mm. programmed. I'm an Autobot in terms of – how much I forecast and know that this event's coming and that's what energy I'll need, this is what board I'll need and wetsuit at this time. So um, it's it's you go through the surges, but then there's that moment where you go, you can cool the jets out and just be. Just be and live your training days. And it's almost like you walk up at the end of each day and I feel like that grom again and I think, am I, do I, am I allowed to do this, like in this sort of situation? So it's quite bizarre, but I'm kind of humming along and just enjoying my time. You don't strike me as a cool your jets type operator, if I'm completely <laughs> honest with oh, you. Oh, no, I'm still a bit amped, <laughs> aren't I? I'm like... Have you thought about what could happen? Obviously, the footy codes that you love, they've got a chance at some stage of starting up because we're a national sport. Yours is truly international, so the international travel is going to be difficult have you thought what it would be like or you haven't thought that you could lose a year of your career like there's obviously a couple of events already gone um as fit and as firing as you are and as many years as you've got left probably fair to say you're closer to the end of your career than your start of a career so to lose a year i don't know have you thought about that or not yeah it's an interesting one isn't it that was that floated across my space the other day they said you know in your prime it's not very fair that you know, this year just, it's just like, poof, it probably won't exist. And you've worked so hard and mm. you all this energy. And it's kind of that moment that I realised that I do it for such pure reasons maybe mm. because I really don't need this big occasion to get up and go about my training and want to be a little better than I was yesterday. Um, or they go, oh, you know, you're a bit further along your career timeline. I don't know, it doesn't really seem to factor in because I'm still, even like I'll get to next year and I, I that amp still hasn't kind of decreased from all that I've been through. So, yeah, I, I just feel like everyone's in the same boat. Maybe I still feel 17. Maybe I feel like it's that refresher you actually, your body needs and 
and you come out like the Federers of the world after their injuries. I don't, I don't know. I'm not too sure what the outcome is. What, what I like, I don't though, feel unfair. What I like <laughs> is that you're comparing yourself to Roger Federer early in the interview, which I think <laughs> is, a, is a really good starting point. Hey, the Olympics, the yeah. Olympics, congratulations. You qualified, you and Steph, um, mm. and, and we'll get to the main part of your story about how much the Olympics means to you. Do you have to re-qualify? Just technically what happens now? The Olympics have been put back a year, so it'll be Japan a year later. Do you and Steph have that automatic qualification or you don't know? Like, is the information coming or where's that at? Yeah, I feel how that was the only uncertainty. As a, uh, you know, an Olympic team now, a little unit we are, um, the four of us, and when we're conference calling, that was the only kind of consensus that, hey, this, like, we get it, um, it's really understandable, everything's moving around, but are we still qualified was the question. Mm. Uh, so that got thrown around for a week and it was a bit of a push to say, um, like, make sure you lobby to keep your spots. Um, and then they've all come out and AOC have said thumbs up. Like, yeah, it all still stands. Like, woohoo, we're still going to the sports party. So um, I think, yeah, that, that merit um, or recognition is pretty cool. Although you do prepare yourself for the other side. Like, do I have to start that qualification? Which our, ours was like a full year's snapshot. So yeah. pretty extensive um, and a lot of obviously, obviously energy and effort. So um, that's brilliant. We're still locked in. Uh, which is good news. Just before we finish up this this short prelude, how are you feeling mentally about what is happening around you and around the world? We've talked about you and competition. I don't know if you're a news watcher, if you read the newspaper. Some people that I've spoke to, it's flowed straight over. They're concerned. Other people are really, really concerned. Where are you at mentally with what's happening with corona currently? Yeah, I feel like I go through those surges. I do love the news cycle. I, I love journalism um, kind of period. I, I really enjoy being current in the world and connected um, in a bigger sense of like, wow, that's happening in Europe. Well, that's happening in America. Uh, maybe because my, my job does lead me to those pockets and it's cool when I do land and connect, I know kind of their current affairs and, and what's kind of up in that country. Um, it is that moment in Australia that we do still have that bubble effect with the smaller population and you feel, mm. you know, some days you wake up and I, I do try and limit it a little bit. Like I just sort of get that one cycle and then maybe not watch till the evening kind of feeling. Um, but, yeah, you, you sort of feel that momentum of, oh, we're gaining ground on kind of the invisible um, barrier here or the invisible, like, disaster. Uh, and then there's that moment where you go, whoa, no. When, it, when you look at Europe and you look at America – um, it's just that kind of general, huh, I just feel something inside, that something's not right as um, maybe that's my morals or background. I just feel that sense of care like, whoa, people, I, I just feel for you, the ones that are on the front lines, the ones that are right there giving everything. And I think the news cycle allows me to, yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky I'm healthy. I'm in the younger bracket. I live in a place that I can still be outdoors and, and feed that energy and soul into myself. But there's others that just can't. And so the news just reminds me and connecting to their stories. Um, that empathy is really real for me. And I, yeah, as I said, I, I'm just in that kind of mindset that this is bizarre and pretty crazy. And I probably won't experience this again in my lifetime. Well, let's hope not. Uh... I've thought about this. Have you thought about it getting to a stage where lockdown is true lockdown, where you can go to the shops and that it, that's it, and they start 
to say for the better of the country, you can't go outside, you can't go for a run, you can't surf, you can't exercise outside your house. I've had to think about that and thought, wow, the mental impact that would have on me and my family. How would you go with that? Literally locked in. I feel it would be an, yeah, an unbelievable challenge, but one that when I traverse challenges in a sporting sense over all these years, mm. um, setting myself goals to to kind of orient myself, I, I definitely feel going into that space that I'm quite adaptable. Maybe it is one of my um, pseudo when people go, what's the strength of yours kind of feeling? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I kind of feel like huh, I, I guess I am quite detached in what, and I know we'll get into this in a bigger sense, but what the view of, of being an athlete and professional surfer and the glitz and glamour of it, the reality of it and how you actually live your days is really similar to what it feels like in isolation and restrictions now because you have that disconnect. You don't get to see your family and friends every day yeah, and right. you don't get to pop around to maybe your best mates for a barbecue or see their kids come through and have young birthdays and this and that you kind of miss a lot of things and a lot of your day is just spent around your body and your training and um, by the time you go through all your sessions a you're exhausted you do a bit of office work like everyone else um, you cook your dinner and it kind of keeps rolling around so maybe I am ultimately trained for the mundane routine and it is my life but I really enjoy it and it has that little bit of introvert feel to it that I can get lost in it and the imagination of it. So I guess maybe absolute lockdown for me, I know I would be okay. I'd find a way, but there's no means can I say that that's easy. That's no. not easy at all. And, um, yeah, and I definitely, um, you know, I think on a body side of things that, okay, I'd just transition, and but I'd train indoors and those sort of things. But a lot of people don't have... Um, I, I don't know, that natural instinct or imagination of how to do that. So I'm on both sides of the fence. It would be crazy, but I think I would adapt to it maybe. What are you – it sounds like you're pretty busy still. What are you watching in isolation? For those that need a tip or something to watch, what are you watching? Oh, I'm watching um, Knowing Your Kids Froth on Surfing and Inspirations. The the new um, doco, um, Bethany's Unstoppable uh, <sighs> documentary. Oh, my gosh, that's so inspiring. Like, yeah. Bethany is a good friend of all of ours on tour, but she does everything we do more with one arm, and it is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and then reading-wise, I, I tend to toe into the audiobooks a little bit so I can kind of gym and stretch and roll out, like, at the same time. Uh, but I definitely think Shoe Dog's been pretty pretty cool. Oh, Phil Knight. Old school, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, Sal, let's move away from the current world and let's get to you. All righty, on with the life and times of Sally Fitzgibbons in part A. Listener. 